You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. Yes, it's that time again for another edition of Scatter Shooting. Hi there. I'm Randy Renner. And I am Jeremy Griffin. And I am Tom Miller. And we are at the undisclosed location in a bunker awaiting the Chinese invasion. And uh, so we'll <laughs> say either that or it'll be a good place to hunker down in case we have severe weather tonight. So, uh, you know, either way. Uh, and uh, as to severe weather, the chances are looking a little better that that might actually happen this evening. So <clears throat> be alert. As the as they say, the world needs more alerts. Yeah. And uh, be alert. Know, yes. The world needs more alerts. That's an oldie but a goodie. I'll tell you what. But yeah, you don't want to be one of those people that they interview after the storm going, we didn't have any warning. Yeah. And of course, yes, you had plenty of warning. You just weren't paying attention. Dang. So you need to do that. The compassion uh, is next level. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you just, you got to pay attention. In fact, speaking of paying attention, is anybody paying attention to what's going on and what we used to call the United States of America these days. Good Lord. You know, man, yeah, I mean, sort of. Chicago over the weekend yeah. was nuts uh, with teenagers running amok and uh, assaulting uh, some uh, people. And the new uh, mayor of Chicago, who officially has not taken office yet, but he's even worse than Lori Lightfoot, Jeez. He was saying, let's not demonize teenagers who are just basically out having fun. <laughs> They've been oppressed their whole lives. Wow. And I'm like, really? How do you that, get worse than Lori Lightfoot? I mean, that's just unreal. Uh, yes, it, uh, it almost is. Well, it's because um, the people there don't like how things are going, so they vote someone in new, but they don't bother to attach uh, values to to the cause they just attach a person so it was it wasn't Lori lightfoot's like personality that made her suck it was her values or lack thereof yeah and then this guy will this be this guy is in the same uh, much much the same uh at least that's uh, certainly the way it looks uh the uh let's see here the house uh, the united states house of representatives controlled loosely by the Republicans, uh, will have a meaningless vote tomorrow. Uh, it is on a Republican bill to protect, and I know this is going to offend, well, actually, it's not going to offend anybody listening to this show, but it will offend some people if they were listening to this show. Uh, what the House is going to vote on is a Republican bill that would protect of all things, women's sports. <laughs> and, of course, it it will pass the House because the Republicans have the majority, but it will go to a quick death in the Senate. And if, by some miracle, it uh, passed the Senate, then Grandpa would uh, veto it uh, because... We, we don't want to protect uh, women's sports. Apparently not. Not we from the uh, minuscule point zero 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 one percent of the population... Who are men identifying uh, as women. Uh, right. women. Exactly. Uh, well, it's difficult, really. And, you know, and the Democrats, I suppose, it's difficult for them to protect 
something they can't define. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a challenge. Uh, because, you know, the bill is to protect women's sports, and there have been some, some hearings on the House side and the Senate side, and questions being asked by Republicans uh, to uh, government officials uh, what the definition of a woman is. And of all the ones that have been asked that question, not a single one, not one, has been able to define that word. Mm. <laughs> they've deflected and they've gone in various directions. You know, and you hear the senator, you're not answering my question. You're, that, that's not an answer to my question. What is the definition of a woman? And they do not say, you haven't heard a single one of them, even those that actually are women. Mm -hmm. The definition, which, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, is a human female. Right. And um, they've not said that. So it, I guess it's kind of hard to protect something that you don't know what it is. <laughs> However, they've managed to protect a whole lot of Insects and all this other things that <laughs> now the left a lot is of just, people don't know what it is. The left has just completely <laughs> painted themselves into a, a corner, and so their only option is to say, "No, I didn't." I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you, it's like walking oh, into they, a room. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. standing in the corner, and it's like, "Man, you really got yourself in a pickle." No, I didn't. I meant to do this. It was deliberate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, or or they'll just deny their culpability in, in oh, this, yeah. and they'll deny things. Just like, you know, Mayorkas has been uh, grilled on uh, in the congressional hearings this week also about the uh, border, and he continues to say that the border is secure, the border is closed. And he was asked today, uh, because his, the head of the, uh, of the border patrol, the top cop with the border patrol, was asked if the border was secure, and he went, no, <laughs> hell no, it's not secure. Instead, I had my orcas in, and he says, "Well, you know, the head of the border patrol, he says he says the border is not secure. Do you disagree with that? Disagree with what the head law board down of the?" And my orcas says, "Yes, I do disagree with that." Wow! And they're like, "You're an idiot. Yeah, you need to be impeached." How many times have you been there? And well. Not nearly enough. And, no. and he's been to other parts of the border where it might look secure to him. But that's something, none of this really, I mean, it's good theater. It's kind of fun to watch. Um, the part of the border where but, Trump, where Trump's wall may, uh, may have uh, been put up. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it. it's not good. That, that's other stuff. It's not going to mean anything. I mean, there'll, there'll be action. There'll be action taken on the House side. Because Republicans control it, but it will die in the Senate or in the Oval Office. Every one of these it things. It almost never comes back to bite them. Almost never when they know, say stuff it, like that. It seems to always come back and bite Republicans yeah. when they do. But, uh, you know, that's another thing. I, this got me this week. I was like, really? Uh, Diane Feinstein, who uh, she, her dementia apparently is even worse than grandpa's. Uh, she hasn't been in the Senate for a few months now. And, uh, of course, it's the Senate's job uh, to confirm or deny uh, various appointees, among them uh, federal judges. And she sits on the Judiciary Committee. In fact, uh, 
you know, she has been, I think she's now the, she had been for a while the chairman of that committee. I think she's the, the now the second, the vice chairman of that uh, committee. But basically, because things are razor thin in, in uh, committees, she needs to, she needs to be there. Or they're not, and they haven't, she hasn't been there, and they haven't been able to move forward any of these nominations because they end up in a, I think it's a 10 10 tie. Mm. Uh, because the whoever the majority party is gets one more member uh, on there. And so the Democrats have been asking Republicans to allow them to move forward with these nominations because it's the right thing to do. And, the, and fortunately, so far, the Republicans have said, screw you. You know, if you want to move forward with this, Get her the heck out of office. Yeah, and and she has uh, so far, or at least her staff. I don't know that she's even capable of making uh, decisions. Uh, she hasn't resigned. She stepped down, I guess, from the Judiciary Committee, but she has not resigned from the Senate. If she were to resign from the Senate, then Governor Newsom in California. Mm-hmm could appoint a successor, but until she resigns, they can't do that. And so the, and so the Democrats are, are, you know, gashing the Republicans for not allowing them to go through with what they need to go through. And the Republicans are like, you know, if the situation <laughs> was reversed right. and we were trying to put in a bunch of conservative judges, you telling me that you guys would let us do that and, and railroad, you know, no, that's not going to happen. And so we're not going to allow you to do it either. Have her resign. Newsom will appoint someone and then we can move on. That's so, crazy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it is kind of nuts. It's but that's, so you know, that's where we I are. Mean, oh, geez. So what is, we talked a little uh, bit about this in the car ride coming over to the bunker. Yeah. What is, and I think even, not all of them, but I think there are even some Democrats. I mean, I know a few that seem to still have some active brain cells. <laughs> uh, would admit that something has gone wrong with society. Yeah. Especially, and, and not just, certainly I, I think some members of the younger uh, generations, mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, the same thing with, with older folks, uh, as well. And, um, because it seems like there's with the various things that are going on, there's no respect anymore for right and wrong. There's no respect anymore for human life or any other life, uh, perhaps. Uh, and it just seems like we've maybe passed a tipping point here. What, what, What's going on? What do you guys think? Or any solutions, maybe? <laughs> well, okay. So if you get down to the, the brass tacks of it all, I, I would say this. Um, we are a species, and this is true of a, a large number of animals, but we are a species that is designed naturally to gravitate towards relationship, to community. Uh -huh. Okay, so <clears throat> what I think has happened is 
for years and years and years, uh, I would say the better part of, well, since the baby boomers, um, essentially, the baby boomers generation started this idea of individuality. Uh, it was a lot, a lot less about community and much more about individuality. Think about the 60s and the 70s and and being who you want to be and how you want to be and you know who cares what anybody else thinks. In other words, the absolute disregard for society and culture. It became the norm. And that has been reinforced. So what happened then is the baby boomers then had kids. Those kids became the Gen Xers. Gen Xers, which are typically described as a feral generation, a generation of people who raised themselves. You drank from the water hose. You, um, you were a latchkey kid because the baby boomers were all about themselves. So the Gen Xers just go, you know, they, the baby boomers kept the Gen Xers alive for the most part. But, but we took care of ourselves. They said, go outside and play, come in when the lights come on. There was no, um, there was no connectivity of family. Like there was the first well, time that you started breaking that down again, there's exception to all of this, but right. But I was going to say, know, I'm going to have to disagree with a little of that. Well, I'm not saying, yeah, I mean, obviously I can't speak <clears throat> generations across the board. I'm just saying like from a general standpoint, this was the idea. I mean, not my, my in-laws are baby boomers and they do not fit this at all, but the vast majority, you know, so when we talk about Gen Xers, we talk about Millennials, we talk about Zennials, we talk about uh, Generation Z form, um, after the Millennials, then everything is, is uh, you know, a spectrum of, of overall, but it's just this overall cultural vibe. And so the Gen Xers then had kids uh, called the Millennials and uh, and then some Gen Zs. Um the millennials, by and large, became the next, it's like baby boomers 2.0, because why? This time it was different. This time they wanted to seek the same kind of individuality, the same kind of I am who I am, but they did it because their parents, the Gen Xers, generally amplified that. The Gen Xers who didn't feel valued by their parents made this statement, I'm never going to do that with my kids. And they then lived life for the kids. They didn't live life for uh, themselves at all. And so they, the pendulum swung really hard the other way. So now they're living life for their kids. Everything is about the kids. And the kids believed that. And they didn't want to make them feel sad. So it's all about inclusivity with individuality. And so, uh, you know, participation trophies came into play and so <coughs> on and so forth. Then th that's kind of where we are. The millennials rule the world right now. And they are the largest uh, largest group. Um, as the baby boomers begin to die off, the Gen Xers are a lot smaller than the millennials as far as a, a generation. So you add all of that to the technological, or technological advances of, and, and social media, and now we've even more isolated. So what I think is wrong is we have a false sense of community, and that false sense of community is... You know, when you look at LGBTQ, whatever, our, our communities are based around uh, nothing more than one or two attributes, right? And it's not connected by family. It's connected by an interest. So you have communities around guns. You have communities around sexual preference. You have all these different. We see those as individual communities, which really just means we're splintered. We're not in the same communities where we have interests and hobbies, and we call those communities, and that's not what that is. Communi community is about living life together, doing life together. And, and while, again, when I'm, every statement I'm making is a generality, it is by and large 
how things function. So we have a world now, a, a country specifically, that has virtually no close relationships, virtually no real family-type community, and we aren't designed for that. So left to our own devices, which is, you know, what does community bring? Community brings accountability. And if you don't have any real community, there's no accountability. That's Tom, you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> well, I, I like what he's saying. I think that that what you're saying doesn't apply to it's hard to put a percentage on the country how what that applies to. I still think there's a large part of the country that still believes in community. Um, oh, I think they do. But, but I think you're right. It's diminishing. I, I believe you're right point. in different parts of the country that, yes, they are individuals. And, and I feel like <clears throat> when you were talking about uh, per- participation trophies and so forth, I feel like everything changed in a really bad way when it became that hurt feelings was as bad as a broken bone. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it really is that way now, which is just a sad thing. Yeah. yeah. Words are considered to be an act of violence. Right. Like throwing, like throwing, like throwing yeah. a stick at some, anyway. You know, the, the, you ever hear the old uh, thing, mm-hmm. you know, the kids saying, Sticks and stones may <laughs> right. break my bones, but words will never hurt yeah, me. That doesn't apply anymore. Or no, at least, does well, it does, but it, it does in and people that are <laughs> that ha- that are um, that think logically. But I feel like, and I know Randy disagrees with me on this, but <clears throat> eventually, I feel <clears throat> like that the American people will push back on a, on tons of this stuff when it affects their lives enough. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it does yet affect I don't know their it, lives enough. I don't know that by the time it does, well, that we won't have not hit a point of no return. I don't think, yes, I agree with uh, that. I know, right I know you guys do, and I don't, but <clears throat> that's just me. I feel well, like then, I, I know, feel like there's enough right-thinking people in this country that eventually, and I'm not talking violently pushing back. I'm talking about at the ballot box that people will start finally getting fed up with the way that their lives are being... Um, <sighs> Do you dismantled you, how many people you, voted for joe biden dude i mean one mil- well actually i, I really don't, don't know, know how don't many know, people but, but actually uh, voted no, but look, people don't pay attention <laughs> we talked about this before we started right. people don't pay attention and right now i'm sadly i'm part of those people a little bit oh, that's a right. lot yeah, more yeah, than yeah, i used yeah. to be right, but right. look Right now, they're not paying attention because I don't feel like it's affecting their day-to-day lives Exactly, enough. and here's the thing. I agree with you a thousand percent, and Gen X, as a, as a generation, is known for their passivity. They're, they're like the original libertarians. If it doesn't affect me, leave me alone. This mm-hmm. is the mantra. Okay, well, the problem is, any by the time it does affect the Gen Xers, it absolutely will be too late because the Gen Xers, Gen Xers live in their own bubble. It doesn't affect them, but for the most part. And, and then the other thing is the slow boiling pot because it does affect us right now, but it doesn't, we don't feel it because mm-hmm. we have gradually been dealing with it. But when you go back and you watch a show from the early 90s, you know, you watch an episode of Seinfeld where. They're talking about he may be gay, and then they make the joke, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah. there's there, these little things. You really see how quickly the culture has shifted. And and it's that reality. I think when you slowly make these changes, 
then then you find. I mean, it's just like gun control. I mean, we we talk about we'll never have gun control in this country. You know, there were people who walked around like, ah, it's crazy. They're never going to come after this gun or that gun. Well, meanwhile, we've slowly but surely because they never deregulate. That's very rare. I shouldn't say never. The occasion we've had things that have expiration dates, right? Like the. Uh, Oh, I don't remember what the act was, but basically we had a, a, a ban on assault rifles, as what they called it. Uh, yeah, it lasted for about 10 years, Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it but it ran out. It wasn't it, a uh, lifetime ban. It had a, uh, as they call it, a sundown clause. It, exactly. And so... Or a sunset Sunset clause. clause. Yeah. So without, if those laws don't get passed that way, you're never going to see the government give us freedom back. I mean, that's... That's that's the opposite because the government exists for itself. It, it doesn't exist for the people anymore. It exists. It's like any institution. Institutions' main goal is to maintain the health of the institution, and the why they want to maintain the health can be benevolent, but it doesn't mean that they aren't looking out for them in the first place. So the institution of the United States just wants to make sure that the institution still exists. That's why we have a thing called the continuity of government. They don't care about saving the people. They care about preserving the continuity of government. And I, I think that's telling. If, if, if you want to preserve it in times of war, you certainly want to preserve it in times of peace. And the best way to preserve the continuity of government is to make people think they're participants but not actually be. Well, you mentioned... Uh you know, the baby boomers uh, earlier, and that's what uh, I guess my parents were probably a part of yeah. that. And you mentioned latchkey kids, and I was, you were uh, me and, and my uh, brother were latchkey kids because mom and dad both, both worked. worked. And uh, when we got home from school, once we were old enough, now, I mean, you know, um, before then we had a, you know, a, babysitter or uh, you know in some cases dad worked at the depot the railroad depot that was literally uh, basically across the street from the grade school and we would just walk over to the depot and hang out with dad until mom right. got off uh, work and he'd give us uh, each a nickel so we could go across the street to the ice house and get a half frozen dr pepper in a bottle which was all oh, Gosh, that was so good. Sounds good. Oh, it was tremendous. <laughs> but, you know, as we got older, you know, we would ride the bus home uh, because the school, the school, our house was uh, just right across a open field, football practice field, basically, from the high school. And um, so either, you know, when I was old enough and we were both up there, we'd just walk to the house, let ourselves in and fix us up some... Uh, you know, cookies or what? <laughs> get some cookies to have a snack, and then uh, find out who get you know the neighborhood kids together, and right. we'd go terrorize people. But see, and, uh, in and, a very and, loose. And, and while while it's not a huge distinction, it's a distinction <clears throat> nonetheless. If you think about your parents' generation, typically, to think Leave It to Beaver. Now, when Beaver and Wally come home. They do the exact same thing with one significant difference. Mom is home giving them the cookies. Mom is home. They don't have latchkey because one parent mm. is home. Right. Generally and that's, mom. that's the way. Yeah. 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 That's right. And in my day, <clears throat> mom and dad both worked. Right. And, uh, but there were other, the, you know, and I grew up in a small town. And uh, so we knew 
everybody mm-hmm. within our, certainly our neighborhood. We knew everybody. And uh, some of the moms were home. Yeah. And uh, so they kind of became... Surrogate moms. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, it was always... And they had an, an understanding that, well, uh, you know, these, these kids are... It's just uh, them. And so, you know, and my parents had given them the authority... If you see if you exactly. see them doing something they're not supposed to be Smack doing, them. yes, yeah. you have our permission to do whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, but by the same token, you know they would lots of times we'd go over to the, their house, and you know the surrogate mom, you know would fix us all lemonade or you know whatever. And it was you mentioned community. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, we had a neighborhood community. Everybody knew everybody. Right. Everybody got along. Everybody watched out for each other. Every, whenever there was a some sort of crisis, everybody helped out in the good times. You know, you'd go over to somebody's place and have a barbecue or, you know, whatever. Sure. And now it's so much, you know, there was a, a you know, there've been a couple studies out recently about uh, how, much the some of these and I forget whether it's millennials or Gen Xers or Zers or whatever the, you were going through naming off some groups earlier and I'm like I have no clue what the hell <laughs> or what is. the or what the time span uh, is on but those groups. Th- yeah. They're so involved with social media mm-hmm. or gaming that they don't get out of the house and the pandemic had something certainly to do with this when even when you were going to school, you didn't get out of the house. Right. You know, you were online. You were doing all of this stuff. And I I was reading something, you know, about the, uh, uh, the what did the, uh, the uh, Massachusetts uh, guard guy that, um, you know, blew the whistle on a lot of things that we have uh, going that were actually have boots on the ground in Ukraine okay. and all this that he had uh, some high-level clearance and access to some of this information, and he wanted to, you know, get it out there to some of his buddies to impress them. And I heard one of them say he was talking about him, and he said, well, you know, he's my best friend. Mm -hmm. They had never met. Right. Had never actually physically (laughs) met. Right. They were in different states. You know, now they were online, and so I suppose you could see each other. Everybody's got a camera on their phone or a computer or whatever. But I'd never met, and they would say, this is my best friend. Right. But see, the the thing is, and, and this is exactly my point. This is precisely what I'm getting at. We Our culture has changed, and here's the thing that can't be replaced. You cannot replace physical human interaction and I'm talking in real life, and, and this is my opinion and a belief that is based in personal experience, but that we connect at a spiritual level because we are obviously not, our personality is not located somewhere in our body. You can't go find it. You can't go, oh, the fingernail is where my personality is, or even in my brain. It's a spirit. It's 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 who you are. Um and so, you know, I've talked about this before. It's the same reason that that dogs know when there's danger, right? Our dogs can sense 
when their owners are nervous or anybody around them is nervous. How do they sense that? It's not a smell. It's not some, it's, it's, it's a guttural. It's, it's the interconnectivity of things, the, the things we can't see. So human beings are very much the same way. When I'm in a room with somebody, I can feel how that person is. The empathy, for example, if I go to a funeral, you know, being in ministry over the years, I've been to many, many funerals that I didn't know anybody in the funeral. There were people who rented the church out, for example. And I still found myself moved all the time emotionally because I felt what everyone was feeling. I could identify with it. And like I said, I physically felt the pain of their loss. That's not something that can be explained. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that's that's you can point to in the body. Right. And right. so... When you have your best friend as somebody on the other the other side of a screen, you don't get that. You don't have a spiritual connection at that point. You have uh, a, a fleshly, a, a, a surface connection. And you can speak about intellectual things. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that there can't be some intimacy in that. But it's still lacking. Um, it's lacking that, that human interaction. And there's just and a big difference. Yes, and when you talk about human interaction and intimacy... That has also become a big problem mm -hmm. because the birth rates in the United States right. have gone down dramatically, dramatically sure. because, you know, not only in the case of the guard thing where the guy was saying, that's my best friend. Well, your girlfriend or boyfriend might also be online states away. Right. And you've never actually had physical contact with that person. Mm -hmm. And although I guess, you know, there are ways around it, uh, but generally you need to have physical contact in order to reproduce. Right. But there are, you know, IBF and, you know, things of that nature. But the, the birth rates have gone down in the United States dramatically. Right. They've also gone down in other countries. Japan, Japan... Because they they have some of their uh, problems are even worse than what we have here when it comes to uh, men and women getting together to yeah. reproduce. Let me tell you, the, the population yeah. of Japan <laughs> is going from a, a high of 120 million mm -hmm. projected here in the next few years to be. 80 yeah. million. There is digital companionship has been around in, in Japan for a very, very long time. When you've desensitized the population to the need for physical interaction, now it can be virtual. Well, with the advent of currently where we're at on AI, what do you need another human for? If all your interaction is primarily digital, just have it. And, and man, my timeline on TikTok has been inundated with ads for AI companionship. It's where it's just like, hey, you need a friend? And you and it's powered by ChatGPT. Wow. And you click in there, and it's just a, 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 I mean, I haven't clicked into it, but like the way they thing Describe shows. it, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The ad is just like this very realistic-looking person. Like it looks like a, a computer-generated version, like almost like a deep fake, but of nobody you know, um, talking and, and, yeah. and just having a conversation with you. And so, yeah, your best friend could be AI. And you wouldn't even know. Wouldn't even know, yeah. And and so I think that's the thing. Ultimately, we have that this is my point of separation. This is why I say the reason the country's falling apart is there 
there's no accountability. If it's AI, all of a sudden, AI is just going to lead that person down the path it chooses right, to lead right, them down. Right, absolutely. It's going to convince them and peer pressure them and use every tactic known to humankind to get that person to follow suit with what they believe, they being AI, uh, and then ultimately those who may be in control of AI, if there is such a thing, that uh, to, to have a, a belief system that basically, I mean, you're just creating a bunch of zone, uh, drones and, and zombies and uh, we are having a zombie apocalypse on this planet. It's just happening before our eyes really, really slowly. Well, it's, I, you know, and I, I cannot remember when I have been as pessimistic as I am right now. I know, man. About the future. Do you think well, it's my fault? Well, about the future, period. Do you think it's my fault? For no, you, I don't for think it's your fault. Oh, no, oh, that, that he's so pessimistic, or saying. that the country's falling apart. That well, it's your fault. Hopefully, that the pessimistic part. <laughs> okay. Well, no, generally, you've been on, the one. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, and our, I'm like, oh, come on. I'm very optimistic. Uh, yeah, that's what, over. What changed for you? What was there a tipping point? Yeah, here lately, and seeing just what's going. Well, you know, actually, the tipping point really, and I, you know, I, I actually have some Democrat friends. Not very many, and fewer than I've had before, because I just think they're all. Do the they know that you're lunatics. a conservative? Uh, um, I'm sure they had a pretty good okay. idea, but no, I, I said, and I remember, I tried to talk some people into and talk them out of voting for Grandpa, because I I told them I said, if he gets elected, and if the Democrats have a majority in Congress. It is the end of the world as we know it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't literally mean the place was going to explode. I didn't, you know, mean that, hey, we were all going to get nuked or whatever. It's just that things were going to change in a big, big way. Right. And so now here it is, what is two years later, two and a half years later, and look what's happened. You know, there is more hate and divisiveness in this country than ever before. Well, except for maybe, you know, the Civil War. Uh, there was quite a bit of hate and divisiveness uh, then. But, but, you know, we're kind of having another Civil War right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody is stoking it. I, I mean, led by Grandpa and the White House, mm -hmm. you know, with some of the things that are going on. You know, like we, we had when the... The shooting happened in Nashville when the uh, the trans man, right, biological female yes, transitioning right. yeah. to it, when the trans man killed three kids and three adults inside a church school, and from the White House, Jean Pierre <laughs> said not a word about the victims, but said, uh, was calling the trans community. You know, we're thoughts and prayers with the trans community and all of the issues that you're facing and all of that. And I'm like, nothing about the children who were killed in this? And it has continued. And, um, and you know, in various other ways, like, you know, the most recent couple of shootings that... Uh, we had the instance where the, I think the 16-year-old uh, 
uh, 16-year-old uh, black knocked on the door trying to his, I think his younger siblings were at a babysitter's in, I guess, the same neighborhood. He walked up to the door, and rather than it being the babysitter's house, it was like an 83, 84-year-old man and in white man hmm. who shot the 16-year-old. And uh, he was just knocking on the door. And I and, and the old guy o- opens it up and and shoots the kid twice. <laughs> and uh, he, it looks like he's going to live, though. And then I think it was the very next day in a similar situation, a white girl, 20 years old, and her boyfriend were going to visit somebody, and they'd gotten the address wrong or got the house wrong. They pull up in the driveway, and a guy comes out on his porch and starts shooting at them. Mm. Killed her. Killed her. And again, the White House, their response, we've got to get, you know, guns off the street, and uh, Grandpa actually was able to speak to the to the black teenager who is recovering. It looks like they think he's going to actually be okay. And Grandpa Joe, uh, you know, invited him to the White House. Same sort of thing happens to a 20-year-old white girl, crickets mm-hmm. from the White House. No thoughts and prayers. No, I'm going to bring you to the Oval your family or, you know, anything like nothing. And so I'm like, well, what are we to think? Black lives matter, Randy. White lives don't matter. Yes, I suppose so. Is that all right? But here's the interesting thing. Sad. The only black lives that, and I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I'm saying it anyway. The only black lives that matter to Democrats are the ones taken by white lives. Yes, exactly. Yep. That is exactly right. And probably white because, men. Yeah. Because. Black on black. I get you. Yes. Chicago yes. is a great example. Yes. I'm reading your mind. And not just Chicago. It's happening well, all over yeah, the country. But Chicago is the good you know, example. In the, in the or the bad example, if you will. recent crime statistics. <clears throat> and Chris Hopier quoted these sort of. She said that gun violence is by far the major cause of death of young black men. She failed to say (laughs) that those young black men, that the guns that were fired to kill the young black men, those guns, the triggers of those guns, were being pulled by... Young black men, black-on-black crime. Now, we're starting to hear more about it from the mothers of some of these victims who are beginning to say now, what are you, you know, what, when, when are you guys going to do something about this? Well, it's, and the other thing to just keep in mind is that, uh, in I saw this study back in 2020 when all this junk was going out, the real stats. Um, but pick a race, and I don't even think there's a distinction here. I think this is every major race in, in the United States. 
by and large are responsible for murdering their own. So that's true. Most white people are yes. murdered by white people. Yeah. Most that's uh, yeah. yes, that is correct. And, yes, and so when you start looking at this, this is really so. With that information, armed with that, we don't have to worry about anything other than realizing whoever has the highest death rate means uh, that that's a systemic problem in their culture, in their their people group, because that's just. I mean, when when what is it? Sixty percent of the country is is white, so to speak. Is that is that the right number? I don't know what the latest numbers are. That is probably something like that. that. And so, when if thirteen percent are made up of African Americans, uh, and they they account for, you know, I don't know the numbers, but if they account for significantly higher than thirteen percent of the victims of murder, then you have to culturally look at what's going on there. Right. It is not a you know we talk about systemic racism. Sure, it exists within its own boundaries. There's systemic racism in the black culture if systemically they are killing each other at higher numbers. Well, and, and you know, ridiculous. part of the big lie that uh, goes around is perpetuated by the White House saying some of the things they're saying uh, and by the mainstream or the, not the main, the legacy mm-hmm. media, ABC, CBS, NBC, and then their offshoot CNN, MSNBC, people like that, who focus in on when a white guy kills a black man, child, woman, trans, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If it's black on black, or even if it's anything other than a white person killing a black person doesn't get any attention. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, some people who may only watch that, they may only think that it's white guys killing black guys. Mm-hmm. That, Why that's wouldn't it. you think that? That's the only thing the news reports and, to your point. Right, that's the only thing the news reports, unless you're watching Fox. But you're, and even then, your ABC, CBS, NBC, the, you know, those people, um, you know, they're making a big deal, as they should, quite frankly, of the old guy stepping out on his, you know, of I mean, if you're concerned that somebody knocking on the door is is about to kill you or rob you, don't call nine one one. Don't open the door. Don't open the door. Sit there if you've got a gun. Mm-hmm. Sit there, and when that person kicks in your door, then shoot them. And then you have the right to shoot them. And 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 call nine one one. Hey, there's somebody here. I don't know. I'm yeah. scared. I'm an old guy. But I've got a gun. I don't want to, you know, instead of opening the door, seeing that it's a young black man, shooting him through the glass door, the storm door that we used to call it, then opening the door and shooting him again in the head. And we or at least that's the story. I, well, I don't and, know what the facts, and, but that's the story. And that's we out don't there. know if maybe this gentleman had dementia. Right, we don't know. It. Although he did turn himself, he okay. turned himself into the because police. that would have something to do with it. Sure, too. and we also don't know about the other situation, right. where the guy just merely sees a car that he didn't know drive it up his park in his driveway. He comes out on his porch and starts shooting at it and and kills a twenty year old girl. But once again, call nine one one. Sure. Or stay in your house. Well, or just stay, yes. And they had just, they yeah. had pulled into the driveway and they're like, ah, oh, this isn't the right yeah. house. You know, and we're going to back out. I mean, I've done that myself. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't know where I, it was just like, 
you know, oh, let me, I need to turn around and, you know, you pull up in somebody's driveway and back out right. and, you know, and, um, but, but that's also some people, you know, there is such hate and such divisiveness and such fear yeah. in our communities now, because you see some of the things that are going on. That's how they respond. You pull up in our driveway, I don't care if you get out of your car or not, I'm shooting you. You knock on my door, I'm shooting you. Yeah. And that's another thing. You know, where have we, I mean, golly. Wouldn't want to be a Jehovah's Witness these days. Oh. <laughs> they knock on everybody's they're door. Fine. They they're know, fine. Yeah, they're, they know what they look yeah, like. They're yeah. fine. Yes. If they come up, or if it's a white guys with short more, hair wearing a short sleeve white on a, shirt on a, and a bicycle, black tie. On a bicycle. On a bicycle. I mean, or on, a, know, on, a, on, on a bicycle. Yeah. They're okay. But. And so, I, I, you know, when you asked me what my tipping point was, well, I guess that's a long way of saying, I, <laughs> there you go. It's just what we've been, what we've been seeing mm -hmm. lately. And some of the other things, you know, that are coming out that, uh, you know, all of the, um, you know, some of the Biden, the Biden crime family's ties to, to the Chinese Communist Party and all of this kind of stuff. Everything that's going on now. See, this with, is the uh, thing that just so so. Let's go back to Nixon and Watergate. Okay, so Watergate breaks was it uh, Woodward Bernstein that mm -hmm. broke that? Yes, with so, the Washington Post and so, Deep Throat. Yes, so that story breaks, and that's it. That's it for the presidency. He's out. The public outcries, whatever. And and what did they do? What what in the end of the day? happened at the Watergate Hotel break-in? Do you remember? Well, they... Uh, what were they know, doing? They, they, they stole documents. They were stealing documents. Yeah. What kind of documents? From the uh, Democratic, Democratic Party. Democratic Party, right? Yes. Yeah. To try to... Well, the, here's the, the, the sad... The thing is, the, the election the was thing. already over. Here's the thing. Yeah. The And, you know, I, some of these acronyms are just hilarious the way it turned out. Uh, the committee... To reelect the president, mm -hmm. the acronym for that was crap. No, crap, creep, creep. Oh, that's that's kind of what they called it. Yeah. But anyway, it was Nixon against McGovern. Right. Nixon was very popular at the time. McGovern really wasn't. Right. There was really, realistically speaking, there's no way. Nixon was going to lose right. that election. Exactly. Yeah. And he ended up winning in one of the biggest, I think McGovern won, I think South Dakota was, the, he might not have even won his own state. Yeah. I mean, it was a massive runaway. And so all of that that was put into motion to mm -hmm. try and steal some of these Democrat um not even research material exactly. or whatever. And this is my was point. Pointless. It was, it was pointless. It was always pointless. But my biggest point in this is they weren't stealing votes. They were stealing strategy. They were, yeah, they were that was all they were Here's doing. What, you know, yeah. They were just stealing Trying the to strategy. Trying to give themselves an edge. That's exactly yeah. right. Just well, give them an what edge. Let's see what they're going to try to meanwhile, do. Let's see how we can control it or whatever. Meanwhile, in 2020, mm, what right. goes on? We, we have absolute, you have Twitter. And, and social media conspiring with the federal government, the FBI, to suppress stories that are going to damage a candidate's chance at winning. Mm -hmm. This isn't strategy. 
This is election Under, interference. Undermining. Yeah. You have a, J, a Department of Justice um, who raids Trump for for having documents that now we've all found out all former presidents have the exact same scenario. But yeah, you Grandpa have, Joe had a lot. But you have, with Trump, his were under lock and key. Exactly. Grandpa's so was have, in a garage with his Corvette. But you have the weaponization of the, of the DOJ sending out the yes. FBI to do this. Now, just like a, a, a question being asked or a witness answering a question on the stand at a, at a trial that they're not allowed to ask, and then the judge says, jury, disregard that testimony. <laughs> right. It is no right. different. It's already out there. It's already, it's already out, out there. Out there. Once that's that happened, is, all yes. that the general people, all that your 24-year-old AOC-loving woman knows is that the FBI raided Trump. They didn't raid anybody else, no. so he's guilty. Then you add to it the indictment in New York. This is all about election interference mm -hmm. and nobody is held accountable not remotely so you're only talking about what 40 years ago give or take was the Nixon Watergate Watergate Water was in 1972 I guess yeah so 41 years ago yeah. or 51 years ago yeah you that that <laughs> we we've we've gone half a century and now you can do kind of anything and it's really the first one to beat you to the punch and even then it's not even that because you have the, the Hunter Biden laptop that was completely not just suppressed, absolutely lied about. Right. Lied about. Right. There right. was no there was never right. any question whether it was real. It was authenticated right. early on, and people simply lied so that that wouldn't affect the election in the Well and now oh, you, you know them. you've got uh, Trump being prosecuted because basically for paying off a hooker for crying out loud. Right. And uh, Hillary Clinton who uh, paid uh, Christopher Steele, what was that, over $300,000? <laughs> right. Or was it close to a to million? To lie. To create yeah. this document. She ended up with a, you know, a, a fine and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And um, A fine. So it, it's... Not a felony, a fine. Right. And so some of these, you know, that Trump has been... I mean, it's not even... You know, and then Bragg is trying to get it into... <laughs> As a as a violation of uh, federal election law, well, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, had already said uh, we're not doing anything with this right. because this isn't a it's a guy paying off a hooker. Right. It's not doesn't have anything to do with you know. And I uh, that, and, anyway, that, and this, I, this is my know. whole point is that you know, adding to the demise of the country and why I can't be even remotely optimistic and why for so long I haven't been optimistic <coughs> is because people more powerful than the people are in right. control. Yeah. And more importantly, the people that with the agenda are the ones that are telling the people where to look and what to think. Yes. And there's yes. a tiny number of people, by comparison, who realize they're being lied to but have a whole new problem in trying to figure out who's telling me the actual truth. You right. go to you go to people like us, like people who listen to this show, we could be making up all sorts of crap. And in fact, I'm sure we give a crap ton of misinformation because we start off with, I don't remember the numbers, but something like 40%. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah. obviously we're just, we're, we're doing, we're having a conversation among hey, friends. Hey, you know, hey, it's a podcast on it the is, internet. Exactly, what are you do? But this is exactly my point. <laughs> people who listen to people like us and people that are far more listened to than us, 
they don't know that they're getting any better information. They just know they like the information they're getting or they like who they're getting it from. They like the perspective, the point of view. So you have this polarizing thing. I saw a study the other day from a, uh, I can't remember the professor, but he had been 30 or 40 year tenured in the college collegiate system teaching government. And one of the things he did in a, in a very nonpartisan way is he just took some basic party, uh, like uh, uh, platform, legal, legal things, like, for example, abortion issues, not platforms, issues that are that are not even arguably they are clearly conservative positions or liberal positions period he then applied on the graph he applied how senators voted since 1960 moving all the way up through 2023 and he plotted it on a graph and what you would see is 100 votes right um and and these little dots would represent um in their in that year how many times they voted for a conservative position or for a liberal position. And then it would show up and it would be in percentage. So essentially what you would have is the outliers. In the 60s, you had six, roughly six people on both sides voting 100% conservative and 100% liberal. But the majority of it is all in the middle. Today, in 2023, and it, you can watch this change on the graph, in 2023, you basically only have about 10 people who aren't voting 100% conservative, 100% liberal. So you have essentially no centrists. Joe Manchin is the lone Democrat in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have uh, one, or two, um, one or two Republicans who are living in, this cons in, the, in the center, more or less, but they still lean, of course, conservative. And so, so you look at this and you realize, okay, we have been completely polarized, and here's the main, main issue is that the the media is driving who gets elected in so many ways. They just aren't quite big enough to be able to fully fund a complete takeover of everybody. So they're just trying to win the big ones. And if they can just win the big ones, they can maintain control. And because they're only winning the big ones, the there's an illusion that the election system is still viable <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Well, I, I mean, you ones. know, they... Uh, there's really, when it comes down to it, because the the country, uh, the voters in in the country are so close generally that there are only now what is it about three states I think that you really need to focus in on right. Because the others, you know, are it's either going to be yeah. Democrats for sure or Republicans for sure. You really don't need to waste your time in any of those states. But the three or four, and it kind of varies, but I mean, right now I think it's uh, Arizona, Pennsylvania. Ohio. Ohio, Florida. you know, those kind of areas where you really need to concentrate. And um, and depending upon how things work, uh, that's where the election can be won or lost, at least on a national right basis, which makes it much easier for the media to control that end result. <clears throat> and poor, they can just put all their focus in those areas. right, and poor people wanting to cheat that yeah, they can yeah, put all their yeah. efforts in and, and those I'm, states. Yeah. They don't have to be in all fifty states. And by the way, they the just media, need to be in three or four. The media doing what they're doing is cheating. Well, it's, it's election interference. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. you know, it's 
yeah, the way it's, it's being, cheating because you know they're doing that. I mean, it's one thing. I I just it's a popularity contest, and if you have one entity basically saying this person sucks and this person's awesome, then well, it's over. You know what? <laughs> I I hate to say this, but and I'll my opinion. Yeah, it's always been a popularity it, it contest. Is. Yeah, sure. Uh, because you may look at some, and I'm as guilty of, as this of anybody that, you know, you hear somebody talk and you, like now, I mean, it's been a while since I've actually voted for a Democrat, but I have done it. And you, you see him or her and you listen to them, you like their presentation, you know, this kind of stuff. And maybe the other person is much more qualified yeah. to do the job, but they don't look as good. They don't speak as well. They don't, you know, and your their likability maybe isn't where the other person's is. Generally, most people are probably going to vote for the person that they like. Just like the most. How did Barack Obama become president? He wasn't qualified to be president. Well, you know, the argument could be made. But he was super charismatic. Yes, well, and Bill Clinton, and young, look at and Bill Clinton, good looking, but who, and who is qualified to be president? Well, see, what that's makes that the qualification. Well, to me, I was just about to say life that experience, really, life experience. There the, aren't in, a whole lot of people that actually are actually qualified to be president, unless it's somebody running for re-election. It that's depends done a good on what. Job. Well, it depends on what you feel like qualifications for president are, and I felt like a governor that has been a governor for a while, that's a good qualification because you're running something. You're you are running, running a, state. a state. Yeah, yeah. Barack Obama was never that. And so I didn't feel like he had the qualifications to be able to run the country. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with you. I think right. that the challenge is, is that that's an arbitrary idea of what no, makes it, a person qualified. And that's true. And it's, more importantly, a whole lot of unqualified people are judging the qualifications. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you and I are qualified That's, to be president, which I'd argue at this point right. we're as qualified as anyone else. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I right. felt like Trump was qualified because he's well, run he, yeah. businesses for his whole life yeah. and. Yeah, and, and been pretty successful at it. So right, well, and he ran the country and that's like a business. Running and running the country is sort of like running a business. Sure there, right. there are parts of it, obviously, foreign policy and things that are that are a little more but different. See, you know, but, that's why that that's why you because not everybody is going to be great at everything, especially at a job like being president of the United States. So you focus on what you're good at. And you hire people. Yes. Yep. And you hire I people totally that know agree. what and they're doing. And if you're doing, good at running a business, you'll you be good at hiring people to do things you're not good at. And yeah. let them do their and job. let them do their job. That they're the best at. And, and you yep. also want to hire people that actually know... How to do certain yep, this stuff. This is why we should you have know, elected Ross Perot back in the day. Uh, probably. Almost. I mean, he he, he changed <laughs> he things around sure because Clinton he was won. in there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's that's one of the reasons. I mean, I mean, you know, you I've seen some, you know, some of the, uh, the nominees that uh, Joe Biden has. 
you know, for some of the various positions that are still open in the federal government yeah. who can't answer simple questions about the job that they've been nominated to well, do. Well, they've been nominated in based on identity politics, not based right, on Right, exactly. That's right. Not qualifications. That, not qualifications. So they're like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a judge comes up and they're like, well, I mean, look, all I know is I'm trans and uh, he wanted me to be a judge, so I'm all for it. That, that's what the, that's what yeah. the testimonies amount to. Yeah, and, and 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 you know they were and, and some of these, I mean, senators, and of course they were all Republicans, but were asking questions like, you know, there was a, there was a guy, a couple of them that were that had hearings here recently mm. about uh, you know about had been nominated by uh, the administration to federal judgeships. Right. And they're, you know, and they're in front of the Judiciary Committee. Well, everybody that's on the Judiciary Committee is supposed to have a law degree. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so they're asking questions, you know, about, and, and there was one in particular that I was just like, oh, my God, you mm. are stupid. Where the question was, and this was a guy who had been a, a district judge. Right. And he had been nominated for a federal judge's position and one of the senators you know and they were asking them well what about the so-and-so clause and this clause and that clause and you know they're like well you know geez i oh, i can't remember that i blah, blah, blah. well one of them asked this particular guy what is a brady motion <laughs> and he's sitting there with this look on his face during the headlights look uh i don't i'm not sure that i i think it has something to and i forget i think he said something like, has something to do with gun safety or something like that you know he had confused that with james brady mm -hmm. uh the former reagan the brady bill uh, and uh, yes who was shot in the assassination attempt on Reagan. A Brady motion, and you know, you don't have to be a lawyer. All you got to do is watch some freaking Law and Order episodes <laughs> or various other courts. The Brady motion is for exculpatory evidence, which is if you're a prosecutor and in the course of filing motions and gathering evidence, for a person that you are charging with a crime, mm -hmm. a, a Brady motion that's filed by the defense, you have to turn over as a prosecutor any evidence that points to the innocence mm -hmm. of the defendant. So the defense attorneys will file a Brady motion. We want to be sure we're getting any, they call it exculpatory evidence, which would indicate that this person that they've charged with this murder indicates that he might not have done it. You know, that it was a, his cell phone pinged in a different state than where the murder happened. Right. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Or a credit card receipt that showed he was somewhere 100 miles away at the same time the murder committed. That's a Brady motion. And this guy who had been a judge, who'd been nominated for a federal judge could not answer that question. Well, I thought yeah. it was when Tom Brady sent Gronkowski in motion. 
that's, that's a, a whole. <laughs> you know, that actually would have been a, that that's actually a would have been a better, a better answer. answer. And I think it has something to do with uh, gun control. With the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, oh yeah. my God! Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll end it on that note. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us uh, this week. And uh, we'll be back uh, with another edition. Not sure if we'll be able to have one next week. We may take some okay, uh, a day uh, off. You just never know. Because we may have to move locations. I mean, there could be... <laughs> For one reason or another. There could be some uh, Democrat or Chinese Communist Party spies that are in the woods out, out here. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, that's it for now. I'm Randy Renner. I'm Jeremy Griffin. I'm Tom Miller. From the undisclosed location somewhere in the woods of Oklahoma, uh, we hope to be talking to you next week for another edition of Scatter Shooting.